Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and we are here at RAU, Reaching Africa's Unreached in Moyo, Uganda, for day 190 in Numbers chapter 6. And I know yesterday's devotional, I didn't do the, the outro properly, and I apologize for that. Um, there's a lot of activity right now. We're about 25 minutes away from the start of, of classes this morning, and so things are a-humming. And uh, so if I seem a little distracted, well, there's a good reason for that. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us focus on His Word this morning. Father, thank You so much for Your Word, which is life to us. Father, write Your Word upon our hearts and help us to hear from You and help us to faithfully respond to You. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Numbers chapter 6. <clears throat> and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When either a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink, and shall not drink any juice of grapes or eat grapes, fresh or dried. All the days of his separation, he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine, not even the seeds or the skin. All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall touch his head. Until the time is completed for which he separates himself unto the Lord, he shall be holy. He shall let the locks of his hair <coughs> of hair of his head grow long. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body, not even for his father or for his mother, for brother or sister. If they die, shall he make himself unclean, because his separation to God is on his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy to the Lord. And if any man dies very suddenly beside him, and he defiles his consecrated bread, that he shall shave his head on the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day he shall shave it. On the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves or two pigeons to the priest to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and the priest shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering and make atonement for him, because he sinned by reason of the dead body. And he shall consecrate his head that same day and separate himself to the Lord for the days of his separation and bring a male lamb a year old for a guilt offering. But the previous period shall be void, because his separation was defiled. And this is the law for the Nazarite. When the time of his separation has been completed, he shall be brought to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and he shall bring his gift to the Lord, one male lamb a year old without blemish for a burnt offering, and one ewe lamb a year old without blemish as a sin offering, and one ram without blemish as a peace offering, and a basket of unleavened bread, loaves of fine flour mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers smeared with oil, and their grain offering and their drink offerings. And the priest shall bring them before the Lord and offer his sin offering and his burnt offering. And he shall offer the ram as a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord with the basket of unleavened bread. The priest shall offer also its grain offering and its drink offering. And the Nazarite shall shave his consecrated head at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and shall take the hair from his consecrated head and put it on the fire 
that is under the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall take the shoulder of the ram when it is boiled, and one unleavened loaf out of the basket, and one unleavened wafer, and shall put them on the hands of the Nazarite after he has shaved the hair of his consecration. And the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. They are a holy portion for the priest, together with the breast that is waved and the thigh that is contributed. And after that, the Nazarite may drink wine. This is the law of the Nazarite. But if he vows an offering to the Lord above his Nazarite vow, as he can afford in exact accordance with the vow that he takes, then he shall do in addition to the law of the Nazarite. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his, his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. <clears throat> this is God's holy word. So what we have here is primarily a chapter that is taken up with the law of the Nazarite. But then, at the very end, we have the Aaronic blessing. So we've got two fairly big things to talk about in this chapter. First of all, the Nazarite vow. There's a lot of detail here with the Nazarite vow. The most famous person in the Bible to be under a Nazarite vow is, of course, Samson, the judge. And that's the reason why his hair was so long. Now, Samson was a special case because God had told his parents that he was going to be a Nazarite from the time of his birth. So his entirety of his life, he was never supposed to drink wine or anything made from a grape or go anywhere near a dead body or cut the hair of his head. Now, Samson violated two of those three provisions. He drank lots of wine, unfortunately, uh, and enjoyed partying it up with the Philistines at times when he got married and at other occasions. And then he also went near dead bodies. In fact, at one point he saw a dead lion with a beehive in it, and he went out and got honey out of the carcass of the lion, which is kind of a gross thing to do, even if you're not under a Nazarite vow, right? Let's be honest. But he did it. And then he not only was around dead bodies, but he produced a lot of dead bodies himself because he was a man of violence. Uh, and of course, the Lord used him in that way uh, to bring some deliverance to Israel. And I think that helps explain why it is that when Delilah uh, tempts Samson, we'll deal with this when we get to the book of Judges, of course, but just as long as we're on Nazarite, uh, we'll just clarify this little thing that you might be wondering. Why it is that he told Delilah the secret of his strength, that if his hair would be cut, so a lot of people misread that and think that somehow Samson's hair was like a magical thing that made him strong. No, Samson was made strong by the Lord, by the Spirit of the Lord, because he was anointed by God. And he was a Nazarite from birth. Well, he'd already broken two of the three main stipulations of being a Nazarite. So in his mind, he might have thought, well, surely if I break the third, it won't really matter. Uh, but that's when the Lord decided. It wasn't just because his hair was cut off, but the Lord left him because Samson had no regard at all 
for his oath or his vow. So a Nazarite would be normally for a period of time, right, for a set period of time, to dedicate yourself to the Lord, to be to be holy unto the Lord for a period of time. And again, this is this is part of the Old Testament ceremonial law. So I've known some people today who take Nazarite vows as an exercise in holiness. I, I really don't think that that's appropriate. I wouldn't say it's wrong necessarily, but I don't think it's appropriate because in the new covenant age, again, our holiness is entirely through Christ. And it's by being in Christ that we are made holy. And in fact, I don't think it's a, a, an accident that this is called the Nazarite vow, right? And that Jesus was from Nazareth and he was known as a Nazarene. I think that this is a, a picture, a foreshadowing of Christ in the sense, now Christ drank wine, right? And Christ touched dead bodies and they came to life. And we have no reason to think that Christ had long flowing hair other than frankly dumb depictions of him by Western European artists in the Middle Ages who wanted him to look like a Western European from the Middle Ages. And somehow that's stuck ever since. But we have no reason to think Jesus had long flowing hair. We have every reason to know that he, he drank wine. In fact, he made wine uh, and he touched dead bodies and made them live. But this is a picture of one who is set apart by God for God as one who is holy. He shall be holy to the Lord. And Jesus, of course, as the Son of God, was the Holy One. He was the ultimate set apart by God. He was sent into the world as the Holy One, dedicated to the Lord for the purposes of redeeming God's people. And so ultimately, this is a picture of Jesus. But in the Old Testament context, it would have been a way for someone to um, seek the Lord, to be earnest in their dedication to the Lord. Uh, perhaps they were they were hoping for something from the Lord, and and this was a way of, of showing their their earnestness for it. Um, we we don't know all the circumstances under which someone might take the vow of a Nazarite, but it was something that was usually done for a period of time. And then there's a whole uh, sacrificial system that's put in place for um, for coming out of this, right? And part of it involves cutting off the hair of the head and burning it uh, before the Lord as part of the sacrifice. All right, I want to get to the end of the chapter here, and that is the Aaronic blessing, because this is, it's kind of odd, it's kind of tacked on here at the end of the chapter, but this is really becomes one of the most centrally important things in the lives of God's people for thousands of years. Still today, in many churches, this is the most common form of a benediction. So, we end our worship service at Forest Hill, and many churches end their worship service with a benediction. Benediction means a good word or to be spoken well of. And that is a form of blessing because to bless someone is to speak well, speak good over them. And the reason why we do it, even in the New Testament, because this is again part of the ceremonial law, but the reason why we do it in the New Testament is that the Apostle Paul ends almost every one of his letters that way, as do other authors in the New Testament. And so it does seem to be that the early church carried on this, this tradition that when you gather for worship, you're dismissed with the blessing of the Lord. So we gather for worship at the call of the Lord to worship him, and we're dismissed from worship with the blessing of the Lord. And the blessing of the Lord here is the Lord's presence, the Lord's face, the Lord's countenance, the Lord's grace, the Lord's peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. What we need from God more than anything else is God. We don't need God most to give us stuff, right? And so this isn't a blessing that says, may the Lord multiply your flocks and herds and may your house expand and may you have seven sons and all this. No, it, it's may the Lord bless you with himself, with his face, with his favor, with his peace, because that's what we need. We need the, the, the favorable regard of the Lord. We need the Lord to look upon us and smile upon us in grace and not to look upon us in judgment or to turn from us in judgment. R.C. Sproul had a powerful sermon on this passage where he talked about the cross and he talked about the fact that Christ was cursed upon the cross and that in fact the most cursed object in the history of the world was the Son of God upon the cross because he became sin for us. He bore our sins. Our sins were imputed to him and he received the opposite of the Aaronic blessing when the sky turned black and the Father turned his back and the Lord Jesus Christ cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was God forsaken. The Lord cursed him and did not keep him. The Lord turned his back upon him and poured out his wrath upon him. The Lord turned his frown upon him and gave him hell upon the cross, not peace. That is, that is powerful for us to consider because the only way we get the Aaronic blessing, the only way we get the favor and the regard of the Lord is because the Lord Jesus took the opposite upon himself. Because the Lord Jesus was cursed, because the Lord Jesus was condemned, because the Lord Jesus was made an object of God's holy wrath. And only because of that, we receive from the Lord blessing and keeping, and grace, and peace. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy One, set apart by you, sent by you, to be cursed by you for us and for our salvation. Help us to trust in Jesus and rejoice in Jesus, and walk by faith in Jesus today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, tomorrow we will be jumping back to the book of Galatians for Galatians chapter 3. And as always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.